We are back. Hello, everybody. This is Nate Johnstone and Paul Anderson. Hi. And we are going to continue our discussion uh, from last time about discouragement. It's a, it's a big, big deal these days, particularly among uh, ministry leaders that we know, even pastors. And honestly, everybody, I think, struggles with discouragement. And so mm. we, we think that you don't have to. <laughs> As it turns out... Discouragement is optional. The yes. the environmental factors that lead you to be discouraged might not be changeable. Uh, your work situation, your boss, the pregnancy, the, the the finances, whatever it is that led you to be choose to be discouraged, those things might not be able to change. But it, there is a choice involved in there somewhere. You can you can call up your will and say no, I will not be discouraged. You are and, right. The reason we think that's true is because God says, do not be discouraged. Do mm -hmm. not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. It's, it's in the Bible a lot. Moses says it. He says it to Joshua. He, uh, it's there with Solomon. We see it a lot of times. Don't be discouraged. And God wouldn't say, do not be discouraged if that were not a possibility. Right? Otherwise, that'd be pretty mean. Right. God would kind of be a jerk if he asked us to do something impossible. And by impossible, I mean impossible with the help of the Holy Spirit. In and of ourselves, a lot of things are impossible. Mm -hmm. And not being discouraged, I think, is one of them. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't think it's possible to say no to discouragement, at least not on a regular basis, not on big things. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, which we have in our corner, those of us who are in Christ, right? We have the Spirit of God living within us. And so he empowers us from within to activate our will and to say, Nope, this might stink. I might not like what's happening now, but I am not going to be discouraged. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I like it. And I like immunity to discouragement. Mm. That's what I want to say something about. Life is harder than I thought it was going to be. A series of mishaps like we experienced recently can wear us down. Sickness never comes at a good time. Disappointments from people we were counting on make us tired when a car breaks down it costs time we don't have and money we didn't bank on we hit the sack and we don't doze off as quickly as usual we're distracted by difficulty when you thought you did well on the project and you found out otherwise discouragement knocks at the door you feel like saying come on in my advice don't answer it as soon as you own discouragement, you're likely to say things out of character and do things you shouldn't. We talked last time about Elijah and John the Baptist. How out of character can you mm -hmm. get? Mm -hmm. Discouragement sets you up for disaster. Resist it. And if you get discouraged, don't camp there. I especially tell pastors and parents, you do not have the leisure of discouragement. Avoid it for the sake of others. It does too much damage. If you spend time in the pit of discouragement, you can assume that you have discouraged more people than you know. Discouragement breeds discouragement. 
Moses had given the leaders a double whammy exhortation. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy 1.21. Those two menaces are siblings. The twelve spies sent to check out the land were handicapped for leadership gifts, and yet they caved, caved, hand, hand, <laughs> they were handpicked, sorry about that, mm -hmm. for leadership gifts, and yet they caved in. The testimony of the people, where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart. Core mm. uh, is Latin for heart, from which we get the word courage. To lose heart is to lose core. You're disheartened, mm. literally. Somebody takes away your heart. How many times have I taken courage from my children, from members of my congregation, from friends? In my discouragement, I have discouraged others. God have mercy. Elijah experienced some great answers to prayer, but that alone won't keep you from discouragement. He had some spiritual highs that overcome anything that we might have accomplished. He single-handedly dismantled Baal and his 400 cronies in one night's work. He called down fire and it came. Then he prophesied rain and it fell from heaven. Then a single threat from a woman, a wicked woman, turned him from victory to defeat. He ran faster than the chariot of Ahab only days before. Now he's running for his life. He gets suicidal, feels sorry for himself, thinks he's the only one left. He was only off by 6,999. <laughs> when we're running from our enemy rather than toward, our enemy grows in our mind. <laughs> Ever notice that? We fantasize the worst and we say things we regret later. Everyone's car breaks down. But when it's compounded by sickness, a lost phone, a broken computer, and a misplaced document, we wonder who is attempting to wear us down. We're tired of getting tired and of getting fired at. By God's grace and His alone, let me say something straight and strong. I choose not to surrender to discouragement, and I encourage you to do the same. I will not surrender to self-pity and nurse my wounds as if I deserve better than this. I don't deserve better than this. Life is hard. Like the grandfather said, life wouldn't be so hard if you didn't think it was going to be so easy. Yeah. Because of who I am and what I'm called to, I cannot afford it. Neither can you. By his strength, I will build up an immunity to discouragement. Hey, that's good. That's not bad. I like it. If, if we could do that, that's not bad. Um, it sounds like one of those easier said than done. It is. Kind of deals. You're right. <laughs> And so last time we talked about Joshua, because he did it, right? So uh, Elijah was an example of someone who didn't quite do it, right? Yes. To, yes. to the ultimate degree, it took him all the way out mm -hmm. to the point where he was like, God, I, 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 I want to quit. And by quit, I mean die. I want to be done. Mm -hmm. And very interesting. God, God tries to talk him out of it a little bit, but then God is like, okay, you can retire. 
Yeah. Which, again, just shows the kindness of God to people who are discouraged. And I think sometimes we as Christians, when we find ourselves in sin, in discouragement, in, in failure of some kind, we think that God is going to smash us with his big God stick mm -hmm. because we screwed up and roar. Yeah. Angry God comes in and he smacks us. And time and time again in scripture, that is not what we see. That is not what he did to Joshua, who got just good. He came in and he said, be strong and courageous. He said it three times because the guy wasn't getting it. Be strong and courageous. And to Elijah, who's like the big guy, he's the biggest. He's the most important God guy in town in yes. this epoch, right? Yes. And he says, I, I'm done, man. I'm done. And God doesn't convince him, try real hard to convince him. He says a couple times, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Elijah, what are you doing? What are you doing? So he tries to shake him out of it, but Elijah's, he's too far down in that pit um, of self-pity and, and discouragement. And I think it goes to the point of depression. I mean, he's clearly suicidal. Yeah. Um, in that part, he says he literally wants to die. And, but God is so kind to him. He is. Even in the midst of that, he's so yeah. kind. God is just like, okay, okay, buddy. It's time to come home now. And, and he doesn't do it as a, all right, you're fired. Let's get a new guy in here because you didn't work out so well. Mm -hmm. No, this is Elijah. He was taken home in a chariot of fire. Yes. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. That broken man was still honored by God, and God still showed incredible kindness to him. And I'm I've been really struck by that as we've been looking at that over the last few days. Uh, just how kind God was in the midst of all of this. And one of the passages I love in Isaiah that is talking about the Messiah, Jesus, when he would come. And a, it says, a bruised reed he will not break. Mm -hmm. And I always recite that passage mm -hmm. to myself. A mm -hmm. bruised reed he will not break. I recite that to myself in my mind anytime I'm talking, praying, counseling with someone who's really hurting. Mm -hmm. Even if it's because of something stupid they did themselves. Yeah. And it's just a natural consequence of them being mm -hmm. dumb, which is sometimes what it is. Mm -hmm. Or even if it's just wrong thinking, or even if it's like Elijah, just knock it off, dude. Yeah. You know, even if it's something like that's that's what my flesh would want to say to Elijah. Mm -hmm. Just knock it off. What is your deal? Right. Mm -hmm. I realize that lacks compassion. <laughs> um, and so that's why I recite to myself that passage, a bruised reed he will not break, because that's what Jesus was. And when someone is bruised, when someone is hurt, when they're really hurting, really broken, God is particularly gentle not to yeah. break it. And, and a bruised reed, like, it hangs over like this. Reeds are like kind of tall grass. Yeah. And when it's bruised, it's not strong enough to stand, so it flops. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with it. It's, it's easy to break it off because it's sticking out. And yet God is, yeah, I'm making a flopping motion, by the way, with my hand. And I'm kind of going, <laughs> flop. Imagine a piece of grass hanging over. It looks sad, okay? A reed that is bruised literally looks sad. You want to look at it and just go, wah, wah, a bruised reed. And so Jesus is careful with us when we're like yes. that. He, yeah. And with, with Elijah, he doesn't yell at him. He, he, he's so kind. But he does say, okay, this is your six-week notice. You need to appoint a couple kings, and you need to appoint Elisha as your replacement. Yeah. And then you can come home. And he brings him home. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. And despite the wonderful aspect of all of that and the kindness of God, which is unrelenting, um, it's still sad to me that Elijah came to that, like we talked about last time. And so how did Joshua, do you think, overcome it when Elijah didn't? How did you, the different times in your life that you've been discouraged, how did I? Um, we talked last time about the importance of 
having other people in our lives, not keeping the discouragement to ourselves. Joshua had a whole country behind him. One of the ways that helped me was to recognize how self-centered I was when I was discouraged. Mm. I saw that and I said, I'm called to lead. I'm called to lead my family. I'm called to lead in Lutheran Renewal. And I was literally taken out and I wasn't available to others. I was only available myself. It was self-pity. I let self-pity in the back door when discouragement came in the front door. And after two weeks, I pushed them both out and I said, I don't want to live that way. And so since then, that was a few years ago, I made a decision. It was almost like a covenant. I will not give in to discouragement. And I shared it with other pastors. And one of the reasons is so that I can help myself. I want to strengthen my own resolve, and when I do share it with others, and I and they finally get it, sometimes it takes a while, then it strengthens my own resolve not to give in to discouragement. I think the reason for some it's difficult to accept this message, this idea at first, is it sounds a little bit self-helpy, a little bit, you know, lovey-dovey like oh just think positive and good things will happen to you you know um but it's but it's not that it's not that it's not that at all it's it's going the way of the cross it's denying yourself because our flesh wants to feel sorry for itself our flesh wants to whine wants to complain wants to say oh look how bad it is and we feel like we have the leisure of discouragement but in fact we do not because it takes us out and we're not not available to others we're not parents we're not available to our kids we're not available in the workplace we're not available if we're pastors we're not available to our congregation it becomes about us and it's a it's a dangerous place to be in and so I encourage pastors and leaders by saying you can make this decision not to be discouraged and God will God will help you walk it out it's interesting I, I agree with what you're saying and I'm thinking back to Joshua now wondering how did he get discouraged other than just facing the daunting task of Moses but he was one of three people there was Moses Joshua and Caleb who saw things from God's perspective who had faith who got it Everybody else, they didn't have faith. They were in unbelief. And the evidence of that unbelief was constant complaining. Complaining, bickering, whining, being bitter. And in Hebrews, it it looks back on that and says, that was unbelief, which was sin. They didn't believe God, and so they whined and they complained. That's what self-pity is, I think. It's It's a type of unbelief. And so Joshua has been in the midst of that kind of unbelief for 40 years. Uh, It's no wonder... A little bit of it might have rubbed off. A little bit of it was in the back of his head of, you know what, maybe it's my turn. Maybe I deserve a few yeah. minutes to feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty good for 40 years, and everybody else is whining all the time about everything, and I'm trying to trying to help control all these whiners and their unbelief, but you know, maybe it's my turn. Maybe I deserve this. And I don't know about you, Paul, but the, the times that I have looked fallen to discouragement, whether in big or little ways, there's that little bit of, 
I kind of deserve this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what that's about, but but that it's it's a tangible thing. When I look back, I try to do this. I try to look back on times when I've failed in one way or another, when I've fallen in one way or another. And even right after it happens, I'm like, Holy Spirit, help me to look back and learn from this so that I don't do this again. And one of the things I have noticed as I've looked back is, is that there's this kind of entitlement. this like emotional entitlement of, I deserve something for me. I deserve to be able to wallow in self-pity. And then I choose self-pity. Like, of all the things I deserve, why don't I choose something more fun? <laughs> self-pity is actually really lousy. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> and, and yet there's this sick, un, unredeemed thing within me, yet part of the old Nate, part of the zombie Nate that's still following me around, even though it was crucified, it, that, that says, oh, you, you should just give in to this self-pity. It'll feel better. And it does a little bit, you know, like a sick way. It sort of feels better, but it's not good. It is more than a feeling, too. It's a decision. Yeah. It's a decision we make, and it takes us out. And there are those who probably would say, as they're listening to this, you can't help it. Right. It just happens to you. Yeah. It's inevitable. But it is not inevitable. And that's something that we need to make clear that you can choose not to be discouraged because God commanded it. And if he commands us not to be discouraged, whatever is not of faith is sin. Sin. And to call discouragement sin, that's getting a little edgy. But it seems to me if God commanded us not to be discouraged, and we give in to discouragement. We're breaking a command. I think so. Yeah. I think I think we're That's fair sinning. To say. I think. And so how how do we do it? How how do we become immune to discouragement? How do we like you shared last time you, you would lock the door? Like, I need to more do that. something. I need to do something physical to say to my heart, I'm not giving in. So discouragement is there, it's knocking. Discouragement, I can feel it. Faced with a discouraging situation. Yes. And that dis it's a discouraging, inherently discouraging situation. Anyone would look at this situation and say it's discouraging. Yes. And many would say, therefore to be discouraged in said discouraging situation is only natural. That's a result of the situation. But you're saying actually no. I'm saying just the opposite of that. You can choose, even though it's a discouraging situation, discouraging situation, that you're going to say, <laughs> no, I am not going to be discouraged in the face of this. That's right. And so you have just steeled yourself, steeled yourself over time to, to sense when that is knocking on the door and not give in? I was, I'll answer that question by sharing something. I was sharing with a young leader in the Twin Cities, and he, have, he has experienced a great deal of discouragement through his life, difficult childhood, difficulties as a young adult, and discouragement was a part of his life. As I began to talk about it, and he began to see that this wasn't a feeling, that this became a way of life, it became a way of his choosing to uh, to give in to the flesh, and it's something that he could confess his sin and deal with it, it actually encouraged him. Someone I've shared that, they've gotten discouraged and they've said, no, it's a feeling. You can't talk to us like that. But he said just the opposite. He said, I can confess this. Is that what you're saying? I said, yes. 
and I can and you can deal with it and you can overcome You're, you don't have to be overcome you can overcome discouragement so I was encouraged by his response to what I'd shared about discouragement and my it changed his experience mm. so you realize you're in a discouraging situation maybe you sense yourself being tempted to give in or, or starting to accidentally give in because I think that's the way habits work if we are simply used to always giving in to discouragement whenever it shows up that's the habit we don't even realize it's no, a choice you don't realize it you don't realize that you're right. making a choice but you are making a choice it's similar the mechanism is similar to giving in to offense Mm -hmm. Choosing to be, we choose to be offended. No one offends us, we choose that. But yes. if we're so used to always choosing to be offended, we don't realize it, and other people make us mad all the time. And we give authority over our own life to other people to allow us to become mad, which is yes. ridiculous. Yes. No one else should have that authority in my life but me. That's, say that again. No one else should have the authority in my life but me to make me mad. <laughs> yes. And so if I give that authority to someone else by just letting myself choose to be offended all the time, that's silly, and it's wrong to give someone else that authority. And it's the same mechanism too for choosing to be stressed in a stressful situation. Instead, we can choose peace. Choosing to be worried or afraid. Instead, we can choose peace. And we'll, we'll talk about that uh, during a later podcast. But the, activating our will is something that I think Americans in the, in the church have maybe forgotten how to do. It's like, it's a, it's a muscle, it's part of our body. Our soul is made up of mind, will, and emotions. Um, that's Watchman Nee and, uh, and others. But I think it's a good description of the soul mind will and emotions and the will is one that gets talked about the least i think mm -hmm. in these days especially we talk a lot about the emotions mm -hmm. and a lot about the mind mm -hmm. in our post-enlightenment world we've talked about it for a few hundred years now but the will doesn't get talked about much and that's what we're really talking about today we that's are. what we've been talking about in yes. this whole series about discouragement is that we have to learn to exercise our will and to say no this is not inevitable. I do not have to choose discouragement. I am making a choice, and I'm ch I have chosen discouragement. Now I choose not to choose. I choose not discouragement. I choose to be encouraged in God. Yep, and it's it's not easy to do. And when you first start doing it, it's difficult. Um, I, whenever whenever I'm changing something about my life, changing a habit, trying to grow mm -hmm. in some area. I always ask the Holy Spirit, please help me in this. Please help me in this. Remind me when I'm doing this. Show me, hey, Nate, you're doing this right now. Stop. Stop doing it. This is what you asked me to tell you. I'm mm -hmm. telling you. And it's amazing how kind God is. The Holy Spirit is very willing to help you through your conscience, which is one of the ways that God speaks to us. And through our conscience, the Holy Spirit just ding. <laughs> That's the self-pity alarm. <laughs> Stop it. You have a choice now. If you continue to think these thoughts, that is your choice. And you're choosing to slide down this road. And usually I choose not to. Um, I, I'm not perfect, but um, I, it's helped me to, to realize just consciously that going down that path does not help me. And so even if my selfishness is really, really strong right now, and I want to choose something for myself, I, I realize that's not the thing to choose because <laughs> it's just not helpful. But it takes time and it takes, I think, the help of the Holy Spirit. I don't think we can do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, what you were saying a moment ago, you were almost praying. You mm. were almost praying. 
why don't you pray for those who are listening in and then I'll pray because this is a big one. It is. When we can get past this, it, it's a wonderful victory. I agree. I yeah. agree. All right, I'm going to pray. You're welcome to join me, everybody who's listening, wherever you are. So, Holy Spirit, I confess that I am not perfect and that I have given in to mm. discouragement. Mm. Me too. And discouraging situations continue to mm. plague me, it feels like, all the time. And I really need your help mm. to learn to walk above this. You told Joshua to be strong and courageous. I believe that means you're telling all of us to be strong and courageous. Yes. And I don't know how to do that. And mm. I have tried on my own, and I clearly am incapable. And so, Holy Spirit, I am asking you to please come and to help mm. me, to mm -hmm. help us mm -hmm. who are praying this prayer, to learn to choose not to be discouraged, instead to choose to be strong and courageous in you. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would um, speak to me mm -hmm. through my conscience. And anytime I'm faced with discouragement and I start to choose to allow myself to be discouraged, to choose to let that discouragement into my heart, mm -hmm. that you would allow my conscience to just put up a little flag or a little ding or something to let me know, hey, 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 no, say no to this now. Mm -hmm. This is your this is your moment. Mm -hmm. This is your chance. This is the time where you activate your will and you say, no, I am not going to let discouragement mm -hmm. in. I am not going to choose self-pity. I am not going to choose any of those things. Mm -hmm. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and by humbling myself mm -hmm. before him, I am going to allow the Spirit of God to instead breathe his life and his courage into me the spirit lives within me and i'm touching my chest right now because i always feel like this is where the holy spirit lives somewhere in my chest somewhere in my heart and to encourage means to give heart or to put heart into mm -hmm. and so if i need to be encouraged who else would i ask the holy spirit who's already in my heart so if i'm asking for more heart more courage to be encouraged i'm really asking for more of the holy spirit mm -hmm. i'm asking for more of that mm -hmm. and so lord that's what i am asking for and I pray, Father, for any who are listening, who have found that discouragement has been a big part of their life. And this sounds almost impossible. A daunting task. And in fact, it is impossible. I pray that you would give them the confidence that they can come to you and simply acknowledge, confess their sins, and believe that you have a new way for them to live and that you're going to give them the ability to make those decisions not to allow discouragement access into their lives in the days ahead. We trust you to bring in wonderful stories, testimonies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of your blessing in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So please do that. Send us your stories, um, testimonies of saying no to encouragement and how the Holy Spirit is working in your life and helping you to do that better and better. So if you want to get in touch with us, if you've got questions, even prayer requests, fact checking, you want to mention something, or if you'd like to suggest a topic that you'd really like us to talk about, 
Um, you can contact us. Paul's website is Pastor Paul Anderson. That's S O N. dot com, and I am Pastor Nate Johnstone. And there's an e on the end of that. dot com. Mm-hmm.